So on this short podcast, I'm joined by Dr. Harry Hagopian, who is an international lawyer and an expert in the Middle East, North Africa region, or he might take me to task with that, but he is exceptionally knowledgeable, knows his stuff, and is a very good person to talk to us about the Christians of the East, because on the 14th of May, we have an international day of prayer for Eastern Christians. And so I wanted to learn a little bit more about who we're praying for. So I'm going to start right there, Harry. Why is it important when we have so many of these days in in the church calendar to focus our prayer on Eastern Christians? That's a good question, James, and hello to you. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. And when you were sharing with our listeners my titles, one that is very relevant to what we're talking about today is for a number of years, I was Assistant General Secretary of the Middle East Council of Churches. So in a sense, I was exposed during those years to a whole diversity of Christian traditions across the whole Middle East, North Africa and Gulf regions. Now, why is it important to speak about the Eastern Christians or Middle Eastern Christians? Well, if any one of our listeners ever takes out his or her Bible in order to check a verse or go and read a particular part of scripture, what does that person think? This is not the word of God per se. These are stories written years after the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But what matters to us is that these stories that we read, the parables, the guidance, everything that we read in the book, which is a bestseller, is something that took place, guess where? In the Middle East. It didn't take place in any other continent. It took place in places like Bethlehem, Jerusalem, Iraq, Egypt, Lebanon, Syria, the Antioch. So this is why it is important for us to always remind ourselves that the first stones whom we call, and not we, but uh, St. Peter himself in his first epistle, calls us the living stones. And therefore, those stones originated from the Middle East, which is why I always, when I talk about the Christians of that neck of the woods, I always put the word indigenous, because people think that they were parachuted in there by missionaries or by other people which they weren't. They are the owners of those biblical lands, and therefore they might know a thing or two more than we do. Well, I guess the missionaries came to our countries and Christianized us in that sense, didn't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what happened. And it's important to realize that there is a diversity of uh, Christian traditions and churches across the MENA region. In the Middle East, you've got the Catholic churches across Syria, Iraq, Palestine, Jordan, Lebanon. You've also got the Orthodox churches. You've got the Reform and Protestant churches as well. So it's a whole diversity of churches, which at the start did not live together in a very convivial, peaceful, ecumenical way. But as their numbers shrunk, as their presence dwindled in that part of the world, and inevitably that shrinking of numbers also impacted their witness, they started coming together more. And now there is a far stronger ecumenical spirit across the region amongst all Christian traditions. I'm talking about the local ones, largely Arab Christians. That's another thing that amuses some people, because when you say Arab, they automatically think it only means Muslim. No, 
Arab Christians were there seven centuries before Arab Islam. So in a sense, these are the people coming together, working together and saying, look, we're a small community in numbers, but we have our witness. We are the people who, of the resurrection, and therefore we are people. You should stand in solidarity with us. And if we do any kind of special days or special collections or special prayers for them, it's not because they are superhuman and we're not. It's probably because these are our ancestors, the people who started the Christian story, and they are in a bit of bother because of their numbers, because of the political realities across the whole region. Pick one country, James, in the uh, MENA region, which doesn't have uh, problems. And therefore, we're saying, listen, we are one. Jesus said it. We are one body. And therefore, we are there to stand with you and to carry the cross with you, just as some people physically did when Jesus was going toward his crucifixion. Well, I was going to ask you, Harry, and it's somewhat of an unfair question, I suppose. Um, who are the Christians of the East? And you've talked geographically about who they are and where they are. And I was going to ask you about the challenges they face, which I suppose are quite diverse challenges that depend very much on, on the, the reality in their country. So perhaps touch on one or two of those points for us. Yes, of course. I mean, the, the challenges that Christians face in one country are not the same as they face in another country. The Palestinian Christians, for instance, their biggest problem is the occupation of their uh, lands. And therefore, it is a political reality for them, just like uh, their Muslim neighbors, they have a problem because they do not have the freedoms that they would wish to have or the freedoms that we have in the West, even though we always find reasons to complain. If you take the Lebanese, then there is an economic meltdown. And whether you're an Arab, Lebanese, Christian or Muslim, you are facing the same problems. You're unable to put food on the table for your family. If you take Iraqi Christians, whether you take the Catholic Christians or the Orthodox Christians, they had problems. I mean, we know all the stories of how they had to face the challenges of basically ISIL and Islamist thugs who wanted them out of the way. And those people are people who wouldn't want to see anybody except those who subscribe to their own dogmatic understanding of their faith. But in reality, Iraq has its problems. Syria, well, Syria for the last 10 years, after the very bloody, painful, but unsuccessful uprisings, they also had their own problems there. So each country has its specificity. And it's very difficult to find a country where you can say, oh, you know, well, they're the same thing. But what in general, if I want to be extremely broad and not very specific, I would say a lot of the Christians who leave, hence the shrinking numbers, whether for political reasons, economic reasons, cultural reasons, whatever, it is because Christians have contacts and friends and relatives and churches abroad, which would basically welcome them and receive them. It's this sense of hospitality that has not completely been thrown out of the door because of the economic difficulties we also face in the West. 
That's why when people tell me, what do you think of Christians of the Middle East? I say, which Christians? Knowing full well where they're going with the question, but I want to give them a different answer. You've got Armenian Christians across the whole MENA region. Where did they originate from? Most of them fled the genocide during Ottoman times in World War I. If you take the other Christians that are in the region, everyone has a story. But at the end of the day, those stories come together. Why? They come together before because only two, three weeks ago, we celebrated the reason why they come together, and that is the resurrection of Jesus. And for all the differences you have, and all the ecumenical neighborliness you have, one thing remains the same, and that is Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever. And in a nutshell, Harry, if you wouldn't mind, when we're in the pew, we try and focus our prayers, and it can be quite difficult. In the, the simplest possible terms, if someone was struggling to focus their prayer on the Christians of the East, what would you tell them? I would tell them not to second guess what they should pray that the Christians in the MENA region get or don't get. What they should do is to say, and may thy will be done. And thy will is also the will of the Christians there. They are a self-sustaining community. They have their own problems. They have their own challenges. But they also know their solutions better than we sitting in the West watching our EastEnders or Coronation Street try to advise them what they should do or not do. That is not being in solidarity. That is religious colonialism. What you need to do is to say, I'm with you. We share one common thing, which is Jesus Christ. And therefore, I pray so that you have the will, the power, and the strength to continue your witness and do what you do, which is continue your life as we do here, but in different circumstances. That is what everybody would ask. And you can ask that question in any language. Believe you me, the message will get home. Amen. Dr. Amen. Harry Hagopian, thank you very much indeed. My pleasure, James.